Hello, this is Ken Ferry with this week's Boots in the Field. As usual this time of year, we'll start out with kind of a crop report, what we're running into. Um, talk with the guys in north central Iowa up there. Not much moving at all on the corn side. Uh, soybean yields right now coming in from the low 50s to the low 60s. Beans down around 9%. Green stems, green pods cutting tough. Uh, haven't done much there in the corn area. Uh, east central Iowa, Waterloo, Cedar Rapids, kind of the sweet spot we found, found this summer. Uh, they're taking out 100-day corn in that 250 range. Uh, they took out a variety plot from 99-day corn to 103-day corn uh, in that 212 to 270 scaled out. So it's going to be exciting to see how uh, that finishes out when they get in the later corn. Beans in their area, the low 60s to the low 70s so far. Not a lot of bean activity there. Monday I was in Johnston, Iowa. One grower was taking out soybeans there, and they're in the low 70s out there as well. A report coming in from northwest Ohio. No corn out there yet. Mid-50s to mid-60s on the soybeans that are coming out of there as well. Here in the state... One producer up in Will County, uh, they finished up dry up there, but got about 300 acres of beans out, and they're holding the mid-60s. And uh, 10% moisture on the beans, cutting tough, but these are APH farms in that 45 to 50 range, so they're feeling pretty good. These beans were planted May 18th, so I've been waiting to see about the later May beans if they're going to hold in there. Uh, over in Taswell County, corn still cranking in that 220-250 range uh, where they had moisture. And some of the drier areas, some of the sandier areas, all the way down to 120 bushel. Beans still holding in the mid-70s. Talk to the guys up in the Forest Wing, Sonoman area. Again, not a lot of corn out up there. Uh, corn right now, field averages around 200 to 212. Um, soybeans, uh, quite a bit of the soybeans are moving now. And mid to low 50s up there. Again, they finished out dry in that Sonoman area. Here in DeWitt County, uh, we're talking with a grower who's taking beans out <clears throat> that were planted the third week in May as well, and they're bumping 70 bushel. And corn <laughs> moisture is swinging from 18 to 29%, yields in that 2 to 250 bushel range. So that's, uh, uh, again, exciting because we start to dip into some of these drier areas where we can hold it. One report from the Cisco area on irrigated beans under the pivot between 90 and 100 bushel, but the dryland corners also did 60. So uh, we'll keep bringing the reports to you as we go. Uh, still haven't done much uh, out there as far as plot work, and we'll have some of them reports to come along later. Two things that I do want to touch on this week that we're hearing about and seeing out here in the field. The first one is a number of uh, short husk on the ear. We do have the kind of the normal short husk where an inch or two of ear is showing and a lot of you guys are seeing that. But getting a number of fields where the husk may be half the size of the ear. So almost half of the ear is exposed uh, out there. This most likely is due to a period of severe stress like drought and heat that was then followed with relief, cool temperatures, moisture uh, to bring it out of it. The husk was truncated. Um, but relief came before the ear got truncated. So we have this uh, large portion of the ear out. I've seen this in the past. It can be caused by other stresses as well, such as a herbicide stress or fungicide stress. And you guys are familiar with truncating the ear and getting what we call the beer can ear. That's part of that process uh, that can happen in the season. Uh, but in these fields, 
you'll find uh, some ears are truncated as well, uh, meaning that they're just small beer can ears, but there's a majority of the ears or quite a few ears that are, like I said, half exposed. I'll have Zach put up a picture to show you what uh, we're running into. Good news is, uh, you know, it only truncated the husk. The still is the ear is still there. The bad news is that ear is exposed, and when that ear is exposed, it's left uh, leads to insect and bird damage. Uh, and unfortunately, damaged kernels then can lead to the ear molds, especially the toxins, the aflatoxins we have to worry about. So if this is one of your fields, you're finding a lot of exposed damaged kernels, my advice to you is take it wet. Don't let it dry down in the field. The drier the corn gets, the faster and more aggressive the toxin gets. I would also would uh, warn against not storing this grain. I would take it to town. Uh, and let somebody else worry about it. If you're going to store it, I would have it checked to see about the toxins before you put it away and run into insurance issues because a lot of these toxins won't stop in the bin and you're going to end up uh, with something you may not be able to sell at the end. Not seeing it all over, just seeing it so far in the stressed areas where we took corn to the brink uh, of stress and then we brought it back. Um, so it's something to pay attention to uh, again, you'll notice it because it starts showing up in damaged kernels as well um, in the field. But And it's not on all hybrids. You can have one truncated hybrid in a field and the next one didn't do that. But something to throw out there for you guys in the really stressed areas uh, to be watching for so we don't get caught by surprise. One other thing that uh, has been called in in a n number of fields now, and it's something we should mention, is down and twisted corn that looks like rootworm damage and meaning it's twisted in all different directions it's unlike a windstorm that lays the field in one direction now corn laying in one direction is a sign of wind damage but it doesn't rule out rootworm problems so you could have rootworm damage and when the wind came it pushed it in one direction uh, but if if all the fields in the neighborhood are leaning then it's a pretty good chance it was just a wind event sometime during the year that caused it if yours is the only gooseneck field even though it's leaning one way it, you can't rule out rootworm damage uh, so you need to be checking for it but the main thing here is we need to know um, if it is rootworm damage so again if we're dealing with gooseneck corn and you're um, caught by surprise you didn't know you had a wind or it's a part of the field you know if we have wind damage typically it is the whole field uh, it's not just pockets in the field but if you come across pockets in the field that look like they're twisted in multiple directions um, we're going to need to we're going to need to dig some plants uh, so take some pictures and dig some plants um, and I say this because um, some of the calls that are coming in are coming in on double stack CRW traits and we really uh, need to be doing something there. If nothing else, dig some plants and hold them over. Take some pictures uh, so we can look at them uh, later on as harvest moves on or we get a rain out. But don't just uh, uh, write it off in that scenario itself. We need to pay attention to it. So if you're combining twisted corn, uh, if you're combining traded twisted corn, and you have rootworm beetle crawling over all over the windshield of the combine at the same time Houston we got a problem okay don't ignore it um, let's get some pictures of it let's dig some roots if you can't get them washed uh, set them aside and maybe we can drop them by the office and we can get them washed for you 
but we got to stay ahead of this so we don't create a bigger problem uh, in future years itself. The crews are out chasing the combines to stay on top of the fall testing. So don't forget, as you knock them down, call them in and we'll clean them up. With that, keep her safe, keep her moving.